Welcome to the bar, come on and pull up a seat And open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the modern the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here. Another Tuesday. Super excited as always. Be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to The Bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And I love to start every show off the same way, man, by thanking the listeners. Thank you guys for listening to The Bar, rocking with The Bar, man. We've been doing this for a good while now and I really appreciate everybody that listen. And do me a favor, make sure you share Share, share this podcast. If you're listening right now, screenshot your player, send it out, let everybody know your favorite podcast. And like I do every week, I bring in awesome guests. Uh, me and this young man, we've known each other for a good while now uh, through social media. We're able to cross paths a few times uh, via conferences and things like that, man. And, and it's always love when we get together. But I have my brother, none other than Brian. How you doing, bro? Doing well, man. Doing well. Thanks for that introduction. And I uh, just want to congratulate you, man. I was uh, going through the, the history of our relationship mm-hmm. and I was actually on the Bar Podcast back in March of 2018. So you have been doing this for a while. Man. Yeah, man. I've been doing it for a while. Uh, I think you were Great on job. with Barlow back then. I think that's what that, that episode was. Uh, yeah, I, we were we were uh, doing the, um, the Reform Bars. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that little album we put out, yep. Barsman and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it was Barlow. Yep, Barlow. I remember. I remember that. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, right? Praise <laughs> yeah, God. God We're is going. good. Yeah, Perseverance man. of the saints. That's right. That's right. God is good, man. But <laughs> bro, so, and that's really cool because it just kind of shows, uh, you know, this, this journey we're on, man. You know, you was on before. Uh, dealing with music and things like that. And now we have a whole different kind of thing we're looking at, man. So um, first, introduce yourself to the listeners, those that hadn't caught that episode from way back when. Introduce yeah. yourself to them, and then we'll get into some of the things you got going on now. Yeah, thank you, man. My name is Brian Ottinger. I am, uh, most importantly, a child of the King. I'm a son yeah. of the Most High God, redeemed by the blood of Christ. Uh, I am also a husband. Uh, to my wife, Carolina, getting ready to celebrate our 11th anniversary. Two days, we're leaving for the Bahamas. So, nice. Uh, y'all pray for us. If you listen to this, um, make much of your anniversaries. Mm. So, I also have five children. We have five boys, ages 7 to 18. Um, I am the founding pastor of a church plant here in Charlotte called Convergence Church. And just recently, last year, stepped into a role with a nationwide ministry called Love Life. I am the director of expansion, so we're you know, long story short, is a ministry trying to educate, educate and equip the church on how they can um, both engage moms and dads who are seeking abortion, but really rally the church to be uh, the help to provide uh, for these families in need. I know we'll talk more about that. So, mm-hmm. nice, who I am. awesome, bro, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think when you came on earlier, earlier, you were pastoring, and um, uh, at least I don't think so. Do you, you? What's that time frame like? Yeah, I had just started. We um, gotcha. we started in our living room in 2015. And oh, then I in 2017, see. we we officially launched 
So uh, we've been doing it for about a year at that point. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, and it's, like I said, it's, it's always amazing to see that, that progression and things like that, man. So I'm going to start with the pastoring side, man, because a lot of listeners uh, are uh, pastors and um, I always tell people there's a lot of pastors listen. That's why I do the local pastor spotlight. Um, just talk about, man, because you're the area you're in, you're, you're in North Carolina, right? Yeah, in Charlotte. Yep, Charlotte area. You know, and I always joke with people say, you know, everybody in the South is already saved. So uh, <laughs> kind of talk about, man, that that whole church plant aspect and uh, some of the things you dealt with and some of the things you learned, man, for those young pastors that may be listening. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, the first thing I tell people all the time is you don't know what you don't know. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is if you're going to start pastoring or planning a church, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. Right. Um, you're going to do a lot of things the wrong way. Most of the time, you'll have really good intentions. And so go easy on yourself. Um, Romans 8, 29 is a promise from God that he is going to sanctify his people. Uh, God's people love to quote Romans 8, 28. You know, God works all things for good for those who have been called according to his purposes, those that love him. Uh, but the tail verse of that is the good that God's speaking about there is it says those whom he calls, he's predestined to what? To be conformed to That's the right. image of his son. And so pastoral ministry will have a way of, uh, you know, just rapidly uh, increasing the pace of your sanctification. And so um, and that happens typically through through valleys, through through mistakes made, through mm. uh, people hurting you, through through you hurting people, you know. And so um, I know I'm speaking very generally, but um, something I've had to learn here very recently is uh, not to have contempt towards people. Mm. And what I mean by that is people in your congregation will hurt you. Um, you will hurt them. And a lot of times what we do in the church is when we get hurt by people in the church, we just go find another church. Right. Right. And so the reality is if you're doing life on life with people, um, you're going to get hurt because we're all, we're all sinners at some point, our sin is going to mm. spew out on, on you and others. And so um, the key is that you don't run from people, but you, as Paul or Jesus says in Matthew 18, uh, we go to people, mm -hmm. you know, we can, we confront them in a loving way and say, Hey man, this is, this is what happened. Uh, by God's grace, let's let's remain family. Let's work through this, and so um, just learning how to be critical and not be overcritical, um, because that will lead you to contempt of others, and basically taking a superiority view. The church has a uh, really uh, scrutinous eye when it comes to the cancel culture, mm -hmm. but um, I've found in myself uh, and others, but primarily in myself, man, that I just kind of like you know, casually will cancel people mm. um, when they hurt me or don't mm -hmm. do something I like, or right. they don't agree with me theologically or whatever it is. Fact. You just start to kind of write those people off and just say, well, I feel like the Lord's leading me in this direction. But <laughs> at the core of it is we're canceling people. So um, pastor, if you're listening, um, don't cancel people in your congregation. God's called you to love them through those difficult times and uh, encourage them not to cancel you as well. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a lot. Of, man, there's a lot. Of, Dwayne, I could go on for a long time, but there's sure. a lot of um, misunderstandings and uh, just over expectations that a pastor is supposed to do it all, know it all, be it all. And just and that's just not true. Jesus is that. And so. Um, helping pastors understand that Jesus is the savior of your church. Jesus mm -hmm. is the one holding it all together. Um, by God's grace, he's using you to point, you know, him, point, point you to them, or excuse me, point them to him. Um, but uh, you're not the, you know, the church 
the gates of hell aren't prevailing against you. It's, it's not, it's against Jesus. So we need Jesus. Our people need Jesus. Um, God's conforming us by his grace to become more like Jesus. And so that's what our people need. So don't run from the conflict. Don't cancel people. Embrace it when it happens. Go, you know, get some solid brothers around you who can uh, encourage you and point you to Jesus. Um, man, you can put my information on here if anybody wants to reach out, if you need encouragement. Right. Um, I've learned a lot of things uh, through mistakes. And so uh, if I can help anybody not make those same mistakes, I would love to bless you in that way. Wow. That's awesome, bro. That is awesome. I know um, everything you said kind of resonates, man. And, and um, you know, I, I think it's important that, you know, pastors uh, have someone to talk to. You know, a lot of time you feel isolated. So I appreciate you uh, uh, offering that uh, for those that may be listening. And uh, and even the, the the whole idea of the council culture, you know, like you said, we, we talk down about yeah. it, but we do it just as easy. Um, just not as oh, yeah. as public about it as uh, as they are. So that's super fire, bro. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez. And this is Jimmy De Los Santos. And we're your boys from SolarCast. We're just a couple of average guys who came out of the charismatic movement to a reformed understanding of theology. That's right. Catch us with a new episode every Tuesday morning on all the platform networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the like. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sola underscore cast. Also search for us on Facebook, like the page, share the page. Let's get to the meat. Let's do it. So let's get into um, <laughs> what you, uh, what, what we kind of came here for, man. A uh, new project you got yeah. going on and I want to really put a, a light and a spotlight on it. And that's kind of, let's start off, man, just kind of talking about what it is and then we'll get into what inspired it and and then how others can uh, can come alongside you. Yeah, man. So, uh, again, man, thanks for this opportunity. Um, you know, the Bible calls us to expose the deeds of darkness. And um, there's nothing darker, I think, in America um, than the systemic issue of racism through uh, the eugenic movement of Margaret Sanger and Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood. Um, I just got back from New York City where we um, did our week 40 prayer walk where we gathered you know, multicultural, beautiful bride of, of Christ in the city, probably 20 different churches represented about 200 people to show up at the gates of hell, the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood there in New York City in Bleecker and Mott. And what we do is we, we, we show up and we, we pray and we um, have sidewalk ministers who offer hope of the gospel and the help of the church to moms who are considering abortion, dads as well. Uh, this year alone, there was uh, 68 babies that were saved. Mm. And I had the pleasure this past Saturday of seeing uh, about seven of those babies. The moms came and gave testimony, just how grateful they were for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just telling them not to have an abortion, but walking alongside them, helping provide, you know, baby showers, um, jobs, mentorship, discipleship, getting them plugged into churches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so what's crazy, Dwayne, is that when we talk about, you know, the issue of systemic racism, right? Um, it's very controversial term. 
But the reality is there's no, there's no greater systemic racism than abortion. In New York City, where I just came sure. back from, um, there's more black babies aborted in New York City than are born every year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane, man. Like that, like it, it, the weight of those words doesn't even really mm-hmm. make sense. Like, but if you were to write that on a board, like if you were, I'd encourage you, Dwayne, write it down. Mm-hmm. More black babies are aborted than born. That means the majority of, of, of black children in the womb will die than those who are being born in New York City. Unreal. And so why is this, why is this happening? And, you know, we can, again, we can point the finger at government. We can point the finger at uh, Biden, Trump, Obama, Bush. We can point the finger at all those guys. But really where we need to take a hard look is in the mirror. Mm. Again, like I said earlier, the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. We believe that there's no greater gates of hell in our country than the 700 abortion centers nationwide. Right. Uh, places of death, right? If we, we say it all the time. Like, if we knew where the next George Floyd was going to happen, or the next Columbine school shooting, we would we would rally the church in great numbers and multitude to be out there to say, don't do this. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. 700 places of death in our nation, babies are dying daily to the tune of about a million a year, maybe more. A lot of states don't even report on abortion anymore. So mm-hmm. um, last Thursday, November the 11th, was the 100-year um, anniversary of Margaret Sanger's infamous speech at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. The Plaza Hotel, if you've never been there, it's a swank hotel. It is, I mean, it is nice, man. Mm-hmm. And so Margaret Sanger rented out a room there uh, in 1921 on November 11th, and she gave her speech. She laid out her plan. And her plan was to create, quote unquote, health care that would provide free and safe um, abortion people in need and all that sounds relatively well to the world right it's like oh we want to provide health care to women that sounds great mm-hmm. but when you start peeling back the layers of what her speeches said you'll see that in there in her speeches which she consulted with nazi germany which she consulted uh with the ku klux klan which she has done extensive research with charles darwin and, and the you know whole evolution survival of the fittest kind of mentality was that she wanted to er- eradicate black, brown, and disabled people. Mm. She called them the undesirable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She said we need to exterminate the weeds from our society. And so our ministry at Love Life, uh, we believe the church has been silent, or the church has been absent, or just apathetic. And so we created this documentary where it's a three 10-minute videos that um, were basically taking you behind the scenes inside the life of Margaret Sanger. Um, even the way that she started this, Margaret Sanger's mom had 11 children Mm. and her mom died when she was 50. And so because of that, um, you know, they think she died because she, she wasn't healthy because of all her childbearing. Mm -hmm. And so you see in a twisted way that Margaret Sanger's desire to help women, it it was kind of rooted in a virtuous way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the reality is, and, and here's what's crazy, man, in the year um, 1900, each family had an average of six kids. So 1900, each family had six kids. In the year 2000, guess how many kids were on average per family? One, maybe. Yeah, oh, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. You must have been. You must have been doing your research. <laughs> no, man. I mean, you can. You yeah. see it. You see it. Like, yeah. You know, my dad is right. seven of uh, 17 or 16. Wow. Know? 
So wow, it's just it's, it it has changed, man, so dramatically. So yeah, I you can you can see it with your own eye without yeah. doing the research. Yeah, it's crazy, and like you know, people will say, "Oh, that's because we've advanced technologically," or <laughs> "That's because of yada yada yada." It's really it's because abortion has become uh, considered healthcare, whether through birth control or through mm-hmm. you know sterilization or surgical or chemical procedures. I would encourage all the listeners to go and check out. Um, there's a, uh, a YouTube channel by a ministry called live action mm-hmm. and live action uh, will show you what a DNA looks like. And sometimes it's hard. I'm, I'm a little squeamish when it comes to blood and stuff like that. So sure. uh, I like this video a little better. I've actually showed it to my family, to all my kids and my wife, and I've shown it to churches. Uh, it's basically an animated version of what happens. Um, through a DNA abortion where they open up the mom's cervix and they basically take the precepts and rip the children apart limb from limb. Mm. And then they crush the skull inside the womb and pull it out. They, they, they assemble all the body parts back together on the table to make sure they have everything mm-hmm. there. There's no part left inside the woman. And then they throw this child away. Mm-hmm. And like these words shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. Like right. this is an atrocity that a human being would be treated this way. And so the reality is the church needs to wake up, man. The church mm-hmm. needs to understand that there's a Holocaust happening in our city. And if it's not in your city, people from your city are driving to the next city to yeah. go there. So we've got to start talking about abortion. Abortion is not normal, but it needs to be commonplace in the church to speak about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a study, man, um, done by Barna or somebody, and they said, they asked people in the church, hey, what's the one issue? What are the issues that you want your pastor to speak about that he doesn't. And the number one issue, Dwayne, what do you think it was? Going to affect this conversation, I'm going to say abortion? <laughs> yeah. That was the number one issue people in the church like, man, our pastor doesn't mm-hmm. preach about abortion. And what happens is most pastors think, man, like I know people in my congregation, the statistics say one in four people in America, including those in the church, has a personal experience with abortion yep. inside the church, right? So, mm-hmm. so one in four people. And so pastors like, man, I want to be careful not to hurt anybody. We should, right? Pastorally, Mm -hmm. we want to shepherd our people. But what happens is when we don't talk about abortion, we actually withhold the healing that those people need. Exactly. Because they start to think, and I'm a post-abortive father, man, so I can Mm -hmm. speak with um, some authority on this. I have a personal experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I had abortions before I was a Christian. And it wasn't until I came face-to-face with this issue, uh, biblically, that I was able to receive healing and restoration. Mm -hmm. Our our theology, Dwayne says, we're justified by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, for God's glory alone, whatever, yep. by scripture alone. But So we know we're justified, but the Bible also says that we need to be sanctified. Our minds need to be renewed. Yep. And so there's a lot of people in the body of Christ who have had a personal experience with abortion who man, are just laying in a, a state of guilt and shame and condemnation, which yep. and God wants to set them free from. So we talk about these things so that we can help those in the church, but also to help people in the church talk about it with their friends mm-hmm. so that they can say, Hey, you don't, you don't have to have an abortion, but, but you can come to the church. Uh, the mission and vision of the ministry and part of love life is to uh, create a culture of love and life so that people will stop running to the abortion centers and start running to the local church. Let me tell you two quick stories. I know we're talking about Margaret Sanger, but these two stories are really relevant. Uh, one of our core pastors, um, a guy who's in Raleigh, he's a, he's a podcaster. Uh, probably won't mind me dropping his name. His name's Steve Noble. Um, Steve Noble has been involved with Love Life since the inception there with Love Life Raleigh. <clears throat> well, Steve Noble, very godly man, you know, very biblically astute, very 
influential in his community. Uh, his son comes home one day. His son, who's not married, comes home to his dad and says, hey, dad, you know, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Mm. And, you know, what was he to do? Mm-hmm. Well, there wasn't even a thought about abortion. For them, it wasn't, hey, we're not going to shame you or condemn you. Yeah, it might have been a sin that, you know, got you pregnant, but being pregnant is not a sin. Mm-hmm. It's actually mm-hmm. a blessing from God. You know, Psalm 139 says, children are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Right. And so because Steve had been around Love Life and his son had been to our prayer walks and had done some sidewalk ministry, even though that he slipped into that sin and his girlfriend got pregnant, for them, it wasn't even an option to go to the abortion center because he created a culture in his home right. talking about abortion and what it was. So his son knew the devastating effects of abortion. So he came, and by God's grace, uh, I believe uh, his son is now married. The child has been born. So that's one story of how we're shaping a culture in the church as we talk about this atrocity of abortion. Right. The second is this. So we have we have sidewalk uh, missionaries, we call them, outside of, um, man, probably— at the abortion centers in the United States, um, just through Love Life, there's probably about 200 abortion centers that are covered, which leaves about 500 uncovered. 500 of those are uncovered. But um, in one of our cities here in Charlotte, it's, it's, there's an uh, abortion center called Latrobe, off Latrobe Drive. Mm-hmm. And this is the largest abortion center in the Southeast. They do about 300 abortions a week. Wow. And by God's grace, the number's gone down. Uh, as God's people have shown up there, and I can talk way more about that. But uh, I want to share a story was that three years ago, a mom came to have an abortion. She, she drove from Greensboro, about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And she shows up to have an abortion. She got met by one of our sidewalk counselors. They, they encouraged her that her, her child was a blessing from God. And, you know, uh, it wasn't a burden not to go through with it. They're here to help no matter what, what she's going through. They offered her all that, shared the gospel with her. And the mom went in and had an abortion. Wow. Right? Horrible, despicable thing. But it's reality, right? Not, mm-hmm. not every mom you share with is going to choose life. Right. Well, about three months ago, I'm, I'm walking into our office meeting. We have an office right down the street from the abortion center. And one of our sidewalk counselors is sitting on the couch where we usually do our staff meetings. She's talking to this lady. And me being my old sinful self is like, what are these people doing in here? Like, we have a staff. <laughs> that's kind of what, that's what I'm feeling in my heart. Like, sure. You know what I mean? And, and so we go to the back room and we start having our staff meeting. And, and one of our guys comes in and says, hey. He tells us the story. He said that that those that mom that's there was talking to one of our counselors. She was that mom that three years ago came for an abortion, and she just found herself pregnant. Now she lives in Greensboro, so she gets pregnant in Greensboro, and she drives to Charlotte not because she wants to get an abortion, but because she knows that if she shows up at that abortion center, the church is going to be out there. Wow! The church has told her they would help her. And man, there's just so many stories like that. So this mom chooses life. Now she's plugged in. She has a mentor. People are going to throw her a baby shower. We're going to walk alongside her. We're, we're committing these moms, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so the reason that the Margaret Sanger Project is so important, you guys can check it out on our uh, Facebook page. It's just a ministry called Love Life. You got to be careful, though. If you Google Love Life, man, I'm just going to tell you this. You might see some stuff you don't want to see. So make sure when you when you Google uh-huh. us, you, you, you type in like Love Life USA or Love Life Ministry or <laughs> Love Life CLT. But you can go on Facebook to Love Life, um, and you will see this Margaret Sanger uh, special that we actually released last week. I got a hold of you a little late in the game. But uh, people can still go back and watch it. We encourage everyone to watch it because we mm-hmm. want people to see that even though Margaret Sanger died 
even though that uh, the, the Margaret Sanger, so the Planned Parenthood in New York City, it's like a five-story building. It's, it's crazy, man. Rainbow flags all over, and it's mm. just this wicked place. Right. Uh, they used to have her name on the building. It used to be called the Planned Parenthood, the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood. Well, last year, um, you know, speaking of the cancel culture, the cancel culture uh, exposed just how really racist that Margaret Sanger was. So they took her name off the building. Mm, okay. Like Planned Parenthood recognized that Margaret Sanger was a racist. So they took her name off the building. But when we made this video, we made this, this, this video to commemorate her 100-year anniversary of her giving the speech. We wanted to show the church, the people of God. That even though that she's dead, her agenda is alive and thriving. Right. That babies are being murdered at an alarming rate. And that we, the people of God who are dwelt with the Spirit of God, who have the Word of God, can give the help of God to people in need. And so I just encourage everyone. I've talked a lot to one. I'm sorry, man. Um, oh, it's about perfect. This issue. I, know I haven't given you much time to talk, but um, there's just... The, the time is now, right? right? Yes, we need to we need we need to bring legislation that will abolish abortion. I'm all for that. Yes, we need to raise up uh, men and women of God who will preach on this from the pulpit. Yes, we need to raise up men and women of God who will stand on the street corners and offer the hope of the gospel. We need all that, but we need the church to come alive. We are the most powerful organism on the face of the planet. Right? Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and so, man. We've got we've got our work cut out for us, but we know that our God is greater than than anything. And I believe that abortion is Satan's crown jewel. For forty eight years, it's just happened, and and the church primarily, you know, the majority of the churches let it happen. Right. Uh, one 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 last quote I'll leave you with: Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said the Holocaust existed with the permission of the church. Mm. Maybe this actually, excuse me, um, that was actually um, what's the dude's name. Schaefer, Francis Schaefer. Okay. Uh, excuse me. All right. You have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Dietrich, everything is live. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, <laughs> all right, it's live. All right. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, uh, he said the Holocaust in Nazi Germany existed with the permission of the church. And Francis Schaefer said the abortion crisis in our land exists with the permission of the local church. Wow. And I think that's true. Yep. And so we're just trying to change that, man. We're trying to, we can all do something. Mm-hmm. Right. Not everyone's called to be a pastor, sidewalk missionary, but. But listen, businesses can get involved. Right. Um, we, we, we got businesses think on Hero Factory. Anyway, we probably need another hour to talk about this, but <laughs> I've given you enough that your people can go and check this out, man. So sure. I just thank you for this opportunity, brother. No doubt, fam. No doubt. Yeah, that's that's the whole purpose, man, to kind of wet the whistle. Um, those that are interested, yeah. uh, you'll give me all the links. They'll all be in the show notes. You can check it out. Um, brother, I really yes, appreciate sir. you uh, coming on and sharing with my folks. I know it speaks to someone's heart, and uh, and if you want to yeah. chip in and help, you will have all the, the the contacts below, man. So again, thank you, brother, for coming on, thank taking you, time out of your, your your schedule, and um and we're just excited to the bar listeners. Appreciate you guys listening to the bar podcast, your favorite podcast. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday. Uh, go to thebarpodcast.com. Go pick up some bar gear, and uh, brother, if you don't have anything else, man, till next time, we're out of here.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.